Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast. <laughs> An in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, your host. You may know our guest from Skywalking Through Neverland or Fangirls Going Rogue. How are you doing tonight, Sarah? Hey, hey, I'm excited to talk Forces of Destiny and all these fun females of Star Wars tonight with you. So thanks for inviting me on. It's my pleasure. I've been a big fan of your podcast for a long time, so it's nice to finally talk to you. Awesome. Um, before we get started, can we talk a little bit about how you got into podcasting? Sure. Sure. Uh, in 2013, one day my husband came up to me and said, how about we start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he's the big idea man, and I'm the technical like, okay, how do I do this? And I had to technically figure it out. And so it all kind of, it worked out from there. And we, we decided to do a Star Wars and Disney podcast, which is how Skywalking Through Neverland was born. Because we both had Star Wars fandom, we both had Disney fandom, and we just decided to marry the two in one fun podcast. Definitely. Was there a large uh, learning curve in yes. picking up all the technical stuff? Yes, very much so. It took us probably uh, two months or so from the time he said, let's do it, to actually putting out a show, just because there was so much research to do and so much, yeah, like like back then, it, I don't know why, but it wasn't as easy to to podcast and, and do all the technical stuff and get linked with iTunes and things like that. So uh, that's yeah. that's the stuff I had to figure out. And YouTube is awesome because it has a bunch of how-to videos. So <laughs> that really helped me. It probably took us about two months from, hey, let's do a podcast to actually putting out our first show. And we actually recorded that first show three times before <laughs> we actually aired it. Because if you heard the first time, it just sounds so terrible and stilted. And so, yeah, we like re-recorded three times. <laughs> that makes me feel so much better. I mean, the first recording I tried, um, I recorded a one-way uh, conversation the entire time. Oh, wow. So, like, it was it was terrible. There were times that I just forgot to hit record. It's just... It's so hard. <laughs> that that happens at least once in a podcaster's life, and that and also when you're talking to like maybe a distinguished guest that you're really excited about, something always goes wrong with like the recording or or like you know like you're out of minutes or yeah. or something needs to be refreshed. Oh yeah, one time we were talking with James Arnold Taylor and like our call recorder hadn't updated or something, yeah. and. And it wasn't picking up the recording. So we asked James Arnold Taylor to record on his end. And he's like, well, I'm in a recording studio. I can do that. <laughs> and so he did. But then when he finished recording, he sent it over and was like, oh, no, I'm in this great recording studio with this awesome mic. And for some reason, the only recording that picked up was his like laptop crappy mic. Oh no. <laughs> so it still worked, but it just wasn't the nice sound quality that that we all expect. <laughs> so Yeah, if you don't select the right mic or the right input, mm -hmm. it doesn't record that channel. It's just so rough. Yeah, exactly. So so it's we all have stories. <laughs> and how long did it take before you were actually good at podcasting? <laughs> oh wow. Well, that's that's kind of a subjective, um, a subjective comment. I mean, probably about three months is when we started getting more of a groove, if you know what I mean. Sure. Like for a while, for a while there, 
I would edit and and Richard would would sit behind me and go, okay, do this, do that, do that to edit because it, he didn't know the program that I was using. I mean, he knew how to edit, but not the program I was using. And after a while that got kind of aggravating. So, <laughs> so I taught him how to edit using the program that we were using. He's the idea then, guy. He... Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's great at editing. And I mean, we can both edit, which is nice because if need be, if one of us is busy one week, you know, I'll edit. Or if, if, if I have a particular thing I want to really edit, you know, it, it's it's good to divide up the the workload. I've had zero experience when we started, mm-hmm. and it just is such a difficult thing to learn when you um, are kind of flying blind by the seat of your pants. But it's been a lot of fun and a, a great process. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing that happened, I mean – after we began podcasting, we got to know podcasting friends. And had I, had we known them before we started podcasting, that would have really helped out. So that's one tip of advice if you're thinking of getting into podcasting. Maybe ride the coattails of someone who's already done the hard stuff and ask them how they did it. That is great advice. I did get a lot of advice of how to do things um, when I got started. So it, it's, it's amazing mm-hmm. how well the Star Wars... Twitterverse or fandom comes together to help each other out. Yeah, I agree. Being on Fangirls Going Rogue, you guys have a great fan base of fangirls. It's pretty special from an outsider. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what's it feel like to kind of think about younger fangirls growing up with that? Oh, well, I, I mean, I think it's great. And it all kind of, I mean, the reason I'm on Fangirls Going Rogue is because of Ashley Eckstein and her universe uh, starting her Fangirl of the Day mm-hmm. back in, I believe it was 2012 even. And that is how we all, Teresa, Trisha, and I got to know each other because we were all picked as Fangirls of the Day back in, I think it was 2012. And so we got to know each other online over Twitter. And, you know, we even didn't meet each other face to face until 2014 at Walt Disney World for Star Wars weekends. So that that was a super fun experience to just, you know, create these friendships online. And and when you meet them in person, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're you're my best friend. And I didn't, you know, never met you. (laughs) So uh, so it's really cool getting to have conversations with them every month and knowing that, you know, we, we affect fangirls. And I know there's been times online where, you know, there's, there's girls who love Star Wars who don't know about all the girls who love Star Wars. And I know just recently, one of some, some girl was having issues at school. I think she was nine years old and her mom tweeted and asked, you know, specifically us and some other Star Wars female podcasters to, hey, please, you know, let let her know that that there are other fangirls out there. So we all, you know, tweeted back and we're like, oh, you're loved, you know, <laughs> like you're part of a bigger, wider universe that that none of the, the kids at school can ever dream about. So that that was really fun being able to affect, you know, her life. Definitely. And you you like to cosplay a little bit. Are you working on any new costumes? Uh, I love to cosplay. Uh, and specifically now, honestly, I like to cosplay when I when I do runs, like run Disney races, mm-hmm. because I like that they can be simple yet still evoke what the costume is. So before podcasting, I would really get into cosplay a little bit more. But because of podcasting, honestly, when I go to conventions and stuff, it's more about getting interviews and podcasting and less about cosplay for me now. Sure. So, uh, yeah, my focus has kind of shifted on that. So when I cosplay, I like to do simple costumes that evoke a character or do mashup costumes like my Jedi Tink. That I Tinkerbell costume. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I like to cosplay. We actually asked a few poll um, poll questions on our Twitter feed. Would you like to go over those with me? Definitely. I can't wait to hear these results. The first question was, um, "What is your favorite episode from the 
season two of Forces of Destiny. The ones I gave were An Unexplained Company. Uh, that's the one with Ahsoka, Padme, and Anakin. Uh, Unexpected B- Company? Is that one? Yes, Unexpected Company. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> uh, the Path Ahead, which is Yoda. And then Hasty Departure. And then Pork Problems with Ray and the Porks. And the winner of the poll was Unexpected Company with Padme and Ahsoka. <laughs> and Anakin. And Anakin. 50%. <laughs> nice wow i think i would have trouble between unexpected company and porg problems because porg porgs are just so cute like i think that's the one i would watch more but i i can agree with everyone in that unexpected company is the one that's most relatable i suppose yeah it's very popular the porg like when they all come up and they want to go on the the ride with Ray, like when they're holding <laughs> their arms up like a little mm-hmm. kid. It's mm-hmm. pretty cute and like adorable. Yes, I voted I for the path ahead because I'm mm-hmm. a giant Yoda fan and I'm a sucker for Yoda. But yeah, I'm surprised that. Well, what were the voting percentages? Unexpected Company had 50%, Path Ahead had 33%, and Board Problems had 17%. Okay, okay. So that makes sense, because the Path Ahead was Luke, um, Luke, but we'll get there. I I don't want to... We'll get there. I I don't want to say why I like that one so much, too. (laughs) And then the second poll I had was, what is your favorite pair of female friends in Forces of Destiny Season 2? Yeah. Um, Ahsoka and Padme, Leia and Maz, Heron and Sabine, or Ray and the Porgs. <laughs> and we actually had a tie with this one. It's our first tie. Uh-oh. Ahsoka and Padme and Heron and Sabine both had 43%. Wow. That's... That's pretty cool. Yeah. Man, this is hard. Who Who would you pick? I picked Ahsoka and Padme. I really, really like the episodes of the two of them together. Um, mm-hmm. my favorite yeah. one so far is probably the, uh, the Naboo starfighter episode. Um, the starfighter stunt. Yes. Like I love the Chrome, uh, Naboo N one starfighter that Padme flies. Mm-hmm. It is so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really wish that that was in the hangar in the Phantom Menace, but, um, yeah, I really like that one a lot. So Nice. Yeah, I think, I mean, the most surprising uh, pair of females, I think, was Leia and Maz, actually. Maz getting to meet Leia was pretty neat. It was huge. Yeah. It really was. So, yeah, so I don't know if that's my favorite pair of female friends, but, like, it was the most exciting pair to to see interact, I think. What do you think that they've uh, Forces of Destiny has done in portraying female friends uh, overall? Are, are they doing it well? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they they don't have much time to kind of flesh out <laughs> these friendships. Yeah. But what time they have, I think they've used pretty well. And I would have to say that Ahsoka and Padme, I think they've done the best in portraying these, their relationship, because, you know, they've done three episodes now with Ahsoka and Padme. You have the imposter inside, you have the starfighter stunt. And then in this particular round of forces of destiny, you have unexpected company. And in each one of those, they kind of, both of them are very strong women in different ways. So, Padme is good at dealing with people and she knows how to command a situation. Ahsoka is good when it comes to fighting or dealing with stress or, or flying even. And so they can teach each other different things or help each other. And they, they each have different strengths. So, and also what I like is in these episodes, they deal with issues and problems that are relatable. For instance, a boy like Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's very relatable <laughs> it, it i it really shows how well that they're friends and but they deal with things differently 
in the mm-hmm. Starfighter stunt, Ahsoka basically sacrificed herself uh, to save Padme from the mm-hmm. shock of the um, the battle droid ship. Right. Um, and so Ahsoka's kind of knocked out, but Padme is still left with to deal with the droid. Um, and I think that Padme definitely deals with it differently than Ahsoka would, but it's she still puts into practice all the things that she's learned from Ahsoka. And so like, I think that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree that that they can have similar issue, have similar um, ways of dealing with things, but be different about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As for how they can improve, I guess just really mixing and mingling the, the women a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know later we're going to go into, you know, like maybe what do we wish we're going to see? So I'll, I'll save my, I'll save my suggestions for later. Cool. Do you have a, um, episode that you'd like to talk about the most first? Oh, uh, I think, well, let's get into maybe bounty hunted. That's a good one. That that one's pretty fun. Uh, and then bounty hunted, we see an explanation of uh, how Leia got the Bausch bounty hunter disguise that she uses to get into Jabba's palace. That is so awesome. Like, first we got to see the Ewok dress from Endor, and now we get to see how she got the Bausch outfit. <laughs> I know, that was so cool. I, I love that that there was kind of that one-two punch there. And Jennifer Murrow, when we spoken with her, she's mentioned how that was one of her favorite episodes in the first wave was the episode where she gets the Ewok dress. Yeah. I guess that was one of the first things she thought of is like, Oh, how, how, how did this happen? Let's make a little episode. So I can definitely see how she extrapolated that and went into the, the Bausch disguise. Which one of you is Maz Kanata down here? Oh, Maz. Huh? <laughs> how is my boyfriend doing? <laughs> You must be Leia. Hans told me about you. So, what happened to Han? Huh? Frozen in carbonite. Oh. And it, like, bridges Bespin and then Jabba's palace because Han is just frozen in carbonite and Chewie's taking Leia to Maz to find out um, how they can save Han, basically. And, yeah, and Maz is like a solution will just appear. Like trust the force, and <laughs> the force will bring a solution to us. And that's when Balsh starts attacking. Yeah, I think I'm most like Maz because that's kind of what I what I do. <laughs> Fly by the seat <laughs> of your pants. Well, I'm kind of like, well, something will happen that'll that'll fall into place, and usually it does. So, yeah, I trust the force, and the force is with you. So that's exactly. <laughs> pretty awesome. Chewie said you can help us. We wouldn't ask if Han weren't in a tight spot. So what's the plan? Patience. The solution will present itself. We've got a problem. What the No, that's the solution. How? You need a disguise and a bounty hunter is perfect. How awesome was it to see a Chewie and Ma's hug finally? That was the best. I I uh, I was like jumping up and cheering. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's our boyfriend <laughs> back together." <laughs> Zoe has a extreme um, affection for Chewie. Oh, um, so like in a the Hoth episode of the first season, like mm-hmm. she just loves to talk through the episode, and she just talks it talks to Chewie the entire time. She's like, Chewie, what are you doing, Chewie? Yeah. <laughs> How old is Zoe? She's three. She just turned three in January. Um, but nice. she's, uh, she's, I love her to death. And she's basically had Star Wars in her life every day since the day she was born. The, uh, <laughs> we watched The Gathering uh, the night she was born in the hospital. So, like, that was kind of our first taste of star wars wow nice that's so cool (laughs) 
Yeah, she has all kinds of um, Force of Destiny, and then I had been collecting the Galactic Hero um, line mm-hmm. for years before, like we we actually had kids because I knew I wanted to have kids but didn't. So mm-hmm. I just I just had a huge collection to kind of give that she inherited. <laughs> so Aww. she plays with those a lot. It's fun. Cool. Well, I bet she'd be excited to hear that there's an Easter egg from the classic Marvel Star Wars comics in this episode, which predates her by, oh, almost 40 years. <laughs> yeah. No, what What are those Easter eggs? <laughs> okay. Well, I was watching it, and in the shadows, about 15 seconds in, it's it's in the foreground, but it's a little darker than, than Leia and Chewie, who are walking down the middle of the frame. Um there is Jackson, who is the green bunny from classic Marvel Star Wars comics. Yeah. Oh, I recently <laughs> had to tell my my wife's family that mm-hmm. Jackson is actually a name from Star Wars because we oh. have a new nephew named Jackson. Whoa. How's it spelled? J-A-X-O-N. Oh, okay. Well, you don't have the two X's. Not the two X's, but, but it's still, still pretty close. It is. Wow. How, how do they feel about that? I don't think they were happy when I showed them the green bunny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, I thank my brother-in-law for finally getting a Star Wars name in the family. And yeah, it was funny. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to see them in around May the 4th, so that'll be fun. Yeah, cool. Well, also, let's see, one of the things I liked about Bounty Hunted was seeing Maz and Leia interact, which is which is so great to see them because Maz, of course, knows Han. And now she gets to suss out whether this women, woman that Han is into is, is good or not. And apparently she approves of Leia. Thanks for your help. I'll be honest, you're not what I was expecting. I very rarely am. I like this one, Chewie. Tell Han she's a keeper. That's pretty cool that like Han had basically talked to Maz about Leia before she mm-hmm. actually met her. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so cute. And, you know, like, older people, they're wiser and, you know, they they know what they're talking about. They've They've lived life. They've seen people interact and so i think the the less one of the lessons in this episode is listen to your elders (laughs) yeah especially when it comes to dating they might be able to shine a light or help you see red flags that you don't necessarily see exactly blinded by love Mm Hmm. cool yep can we talk about unexpected company sure episode so this is the Padme and Ahsoka and Anakin episode, right? Absolutely. It seems like uh, Anakin and Padme have set up a little romantic rendezvous for some alone time. Mm-hmm. And it's Ahsoka so good kinda... that we're going to be alone together. <laughs> yeah. And Ahsoka totally crashes the party like, hello, sorry I'm late. Mm-hmm. Who invited you, really? But who sent Ahsoka? It was Obi-Wan. <sighs> so Ahsoka didn't, like, crash the party, you know, to crash the party. She was sent by Obi-Wan, who I think uh, had an ulterior motive. Oh, that's just that's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If, you, if you've heard um, Star Wars Underworld... Uh, there's one of the podcast hosts, his name is Ben Hart with no E. He came up with an alternative title for this episode called Ahsoka Tano Cockblocker. That's <laughs> <laughs> so not her funny. fault. <laughs> so maybe it should really be Obi-Wan. Yes. Well, that's, that's in fact, when we were talking about Forces of Destiny on Skywalking Through Neverland, one of our listeners, we, we, record it live and so we get comments from people and one of our listeners was like said hey obi-wan was using his jedi block (laughs) which we found hilarious that's terrible 
but funny. <laughs> but yep, yep, it did. So, uh, yeah, but I think this this episode kind of demonstrated that, you know, there even though Ahsoka kind of was the third wheel of the party, they all ended up working together when they were faced with adversity. So, I I thought that was good. It showed yeah. showed that they it showed teamwork anyway. Yeah, and the fact that she has enough awareness to allow them to have a moment of intimacy and to take the wheel, so to say, the yes. the flight stick, um, <laughs> just shows her awareness of like someone else's emotions and um, take it helps solve a solution to the problem. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a strength of of women in general is just you know reading people's emotions. Yeah, and, you can I no think... longer deny that Ahsoka really knew what was going on with Anakin and Padme. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially yeah, it's definitely. Oh, go ahead. With at the end when um, Padme says that Ahsoka and Anakin make a good team, mm -hmm. and then Ahsoka says that you and. <laughs> Anakin make a good team too. Yeah. Which basically yeah, I love it. just telegraphs that she knows like what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was so cute. And I I also love my I think my favorite line in here was well, okay, so I really would love to be a fly on the wall when they were had the recording session for this. Yeah. Because it was like a Clone Wars reunion. Yeah. You have Ashley Eckstein, you have Matt Lanter, and then Kat Tabor. And, you know, they're they're so used to each other in general. So you could really tell just the inflections in the voice and everything. It was one of the most it was one of the most succinct episodes in that way. Like just enjoyable to listen to. Mm -hmm. Like I, I dare you to just turn off your screen and just listen to them talk because all the inflection and everything you need is in their voices, especially when uh, Padme's firing off like um commands she's firing off commands and ahsoka's like i like her <laughs> and and anakin goes yeah me too <laughs> like, it's just her his inflection there is just hilarious so yeah please do yourself a favor and just listen to the episode and don't watch it yeah they're great it's it's good to have them back and i'm glad that they have such a great cast for the force of destiny um series i agree did you like all of the episodes or which one? Uh, well, there are a few that were, I would say, weaker than others. Like, uh, I mean, my mind goes to the Ray and Tito episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a, a weaker one? My weakest one is the shuttle shock, the one with Finn and Rose. Okay. Um, yeah, let's talk about that one. The, um... The one with Finn and Rose, it just, it's, it reminds you so much of, like, Finding Nemo, when Nemo and Dory have to um, mm -hmm. go through the jellyfish. Yep. And Dory keeps <laughs> getting stung, and he's like, bounce on the tops. And she's like, boing, boing, yeah. Mm-hmm. The jellyfish totally reminded me of that, um... But it's a it's a visual episode, but there's not a lot of dialogue. I guess is why it's a little weaker for me. Okay, yeah. Did you when you first saw this episode? Did you think that the voice cast was the same? Did you think it was Kelly Marie Tran and John Boyega? I had gotten told that it was so. Oh, okay. I didn't really yeah. question it. Okay, because when I first watched it, we didn't know quite like at that point, okay. and and we didn't we didn't think they sounded like themselves at all, especially Finn. Like it was hard to I don't know. So, I I think it's maybe because maybe they weren't directed properly, or or they're just not used to being voice actors. Yeah, you know they're they're used to acting with their whole bodies. So. Uh, yeah, it's like a big, a big, big difference between unexpected company voice acting and then shuttle shock <laughs> voice acting. They were a little flat, like you, um, 
and not as dynamic because mm-hmm. you're only acting with your voice. So right. I can see where you would say that. When I when I did watch it, I watched it with um with Zoe and that mm-hmm. gives me a different perspective always. Somehow she's learned to uh but when she saw it, like this is the episode that she reacted to the most, actually, because of the pink jellyfish. She's like, "Ooh, pink!" And like, <laughs> it's just she's so excited about the pink jellyfish. Rose, there's a lot of those things. That's hilarious. That's why all the little girls love Sabine at first with her pink and purple armor, I think, even though we didn't have much backstory on her until, what, season three? Looking cool will take you far. Yes. Yes. See Boba Fett. Yeah. She doesn't really watch TV. She interacts with it when she watches it, so she has a constant commentary. Um, Hmm. My wife blames it on me, but I don't think that it's all me, but (laughs) I might be in denial. Oh, BB-8, you all right? <laughs> Thanks, BB-8. Glad you're okay. Yeah. Nice job back there. You too. All right. Now let's find that master codebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about Ray and Tito? Sure. Now, what is this episode called? I forget. It's called it? Run, Ray, Run. Ah. There we go. Yes, run, Ray, run. It's a cute name. So I really love the Ray episodes. And the the reason why I think I do is they really establish Ray as having an adversarial relationship with Tito that's not just a, he's a neighbor that annoys me, but this is someone I have to deal with on a daily basis. Like, he tries to swindle me of things that I find in like um, scavenging. And then he tries to take things away from me. And he's basically a bully mm-hmm. um, that she has to deal with on a regular basis. So it's, it just gives a lot of backstory to that, that little moment in the forces awake, the force awakens okay. when, when uh BB, when Tito tries to steal BB eight, and I really like that it kind of gives their two characters a lot more history. And in this one, she um, once again shows empathy um, and takes mm-hmm. care of Tito, even though he doesn't deserve it. Like, And that's <laughs> right. something that, as a dad, I really like. Okay. Um, you know, that's an interesting perspective because when Richard and I watched it and we don't have kids – we we thought, what is this teaching a kid? Because here here she is, she saved Tito, and he's still trying to steal, and yet, and and so she she's still nice to him, which I don't know that that seemed to fall flat on on us. But you, but as a father, I, I'm interested to hear your opinion. Well, it kind of goes into the treat others the way you want to be treated um philosophy mm. so like if you were unconscious you wouldn't want someone to leave you to be hurt or killed you would no, want that would someone be bad to take care of you <laughs> so like she actually um walks that out in saving tito and so like i really like the run ray run episode because it does have a, a strong lesson in my opinion no that's great I, I, it's interesting to hear that perspective uh, you know I when I first saw this one I was like well we already saw a couple episodes of Ray and Tito yeah. in the previous like we've got the Night Watch a Wum uh-huh. that one and and the other one that led up to that yeah there was two of them with the Night Watcher Worm and then she led Tito into that little trap like the Ray episodes I think are some of the strongest the, the Night Watch the Sands of Jakku Jakku episode, the one with the Night Watcher worm. Mm-hmm. I love that one so much as well because it totally shows how Ray has empathy. And instead of seeing the Night Watcher worm as an adversary, as an evil person that she must fight or kill or something, 
she has empathy with it and knows what it means to be hungry because mm-hmm. she's hungry so much in life. And so she's like, it probably hasn't eaten today. So let's give him something else to eat. <laughs> um, and by that, she turns an adversary into an ally and she's able to use the night watcher worm to eat Tito's bike in the next day. So it's like th- these lessons yeah. that they're teaching in for this simple three minute episode of force of the destiny are just stellar as a, from my perspective as, as a dad, I guess. No, that's great. And you know, it- you saying that, I think what they need now, if there is going to be a Forces of Destiny Season 3, is they need an episode with Ray and Tito that pays off the fact that Ray saved Tito. That would be so, amazing, yeah. I think that would be that would be cool. And then we can really get a nice arc there between both of the, the two characters. Yeah, that's great. The next episode I would like to talk about is The Path Ahead. Woohoo! <laughs> did did you like the fact that Mark um, Hamill came back to voice Luke once again? Dude, I loved it. <laughs> that was one of the first things that caught my ear as we're watching. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Mark Hamill. And having just seen him at his star ceremony in Hollywood, well, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I it's imagine. Like, hey, Mark, high five. <laughs> he totally tried to do a little bit of the higher pitched whiny mm-hmm. Mark, um, <laughs> but it's okay. It's still Mark Hamill. I don't care. Master Yoda, oh, I think No, concentrate. You must. Uh, I was concentrating. For a moment, I could see a path through the trees. And then? And then I... Well, I didn't want you to miss it. Miss it? Miss the branch you did? (laughs) Your mind. Ahead of your body, it was. All right, I'll go again. This time, go with you, I will. Really? Great. It'll be easier if I can follow you. No, not follow. Carry me, you will. Eat the wind, Daddy. Eat the I can barely look out for myself up there. Hmm. Then concentrate, you must. Or fall, we will. Worse for me than you, I think. Yoda. Archer. Archer. Come, come. Up we go now. <laughs> no, I loved that he did that. It was like, ah, uh, it's, it's whiny. It's whiny Luke. <laughs> I I loved that. Did you did you like that or did you think it was weird? Uh, it was a little weird, but it's okay. okay. But it, I didn't care <laughs> as much because it's Mark Hamill being Luke, so I'm on board with that. Whenever, mm-hmm. um, definitely. <laughs> I did love um, Luke and Yoda in this episode. I thought that Yoda actually felt a lot like Qui Gon. As in life, some paths are clear, some perilous. To step forward, walk the same path your mind and body must. Now run. So what that says to me is um, your presence, you should be mindful of the present. Um, Your focus should Mm. be on the here and now, not uh, away elsewhere. Right. And so that's why I felt like it was a callback to what Qui-Gon taught Obi-Wan. Okay. Yeah. And I know Yoda also says that same message to Luke several times. It's like, ah, Luke, get your head in the here and now and out of the clouds. Yeah. Out of Cloud City. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. The the whole message of this episode, of course, is is really cool. You know, Yoda says it. He says, trust what you see, not what you think you see. And... You know, that's a lesson for us all, I suppose. Do you get a vibe of, like, don't judge a book by its cover from that message a little bit? I Not that one. That's, mm-hmm. I think he's saying with uh, judge me by my size, do you? I think that that is totally um, said elsewhere. But I think what that okay. is um, saying is kind of played out in the Sabine and Hera episode where – 
Mm. Sabine is trying to find a shuttle to steal with Chopper, and so she just grabs the first one she sees. Um, so they grab the wrong Imperial shuttle with stormtroopers. Where, right. Because she didn't see the second one. So she thought she saw only one Imperial shuttle, but she there was actually two, and so she picked the wrong one. And so I think that that is kind of playing out what uh, Yoda was talking about there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's a like a literal definition of that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Versus like using versus a force definition, I suppose. So yeah, that that was a really fun episode. Did you like Chopper flying the other Imperial shuttle? Yes. Oh my goodness. He 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 came up and he goes do 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 do, and all I wanted to see was Dave Filoni in the recording booth doing that. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. that would have been amazing. And Sabine tries to shoot out the windshield, and mm-hmm. it does not work. <laughs> it's like, oh, those windshields are probably graded for much higher firepower than that. Yeah. And so Herrick <laughs> just flips the switch and it, like, ejects, basically. <laughs> yeah, I I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just cho- Chopper. I mean, doing that, I I just laughed out loud. I do enjoy seeing Hera and Sabine together again. Vanessa Mm -hmm. Marshall and Tia Sirkar. Definitely. Um, They're just great. Yeah, another example of voice actors really having fun with these little tiny bits. I wish they were longer. I I I know. (laughs) Does your... Okay, so here's a question because your daughter is pretty much the the audience that they're going for. Yeah. So... Would she have an attention span longer than that? <laughs> well, uh, yes. Like, she can sit and watch YouTube for a long time. Um, <laughs> and I try to be very diligent in what she watches. Most of the mm-hmm. stuff that she watches, I don't know why she, it's so... Like fascinating, fascinating to her, but it really, really is. And she learns things on her own. Um, for example, one day we were just saw something with Spider-Man on it and she's like, Ooh, Spider-Man. I'm like, you've never seen Spider-Man in your life. How do you know who (laughs) Spider-Man is? And it's from these blind bag, um, opening videos. So they, yeah, it's just a wow. video of like little kids opening blind bags and they're basically any kind of <laughs> pop culture toy and she loves it to the nth degree. Um, so so she, I know, I know it is. Trust me. So, but but I know a lot of kids do this. Part like, of my daily life now is blind bags. <laughs> so like we go to the grocery store and she is really fascinated with my little pony blind bags, but. Um, so she has an attention span that can go for hours, but she does like them in bite-sized, um, nuggets. So the three minute episodes are good, but she could totally watch many, many, many back to back. Okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting to hear. Yeah. Cause I mean, I would like them longer too, but then. We're we're not millennials, so no, 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 <laughs> no. like literally when I was a kid, my my mom would give me a piece of paper and a pen if we were somewhere that like I had to sit for a while, and I would be happy for two hours just drawing and like all these stories in my head, I was drawing out on the page and like I was like a quiet kid, I had a big you know focus and I I didn't. You know, after three minutes, I was still focused. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's it's wonderful having the forces of destiny specifically targeted to young little girls, basically. Um, mm-hmm. As a father of a daughter, um, it's it's awesome because it's it gives me new opportunities to share Star Wars with her. Um, and she she really likes playing with the dolls and the dolls are uh, very fun and 
I think they're better than Barbie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Particularly. So I'd much rather her uh, play with Force of Destiny dolls than to um, buy Barbies. Um, okay. And it's just, it's fun to do that with her. And she gets to, she knows the characters very, very well. And my wife is like, that must make you so proud. I'm like, yeah, kind of. I mean, we talk about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, how did your daughter react to, say, the Luke episode, The Path Ahead? She loves Yoda. She knows Daddy, Daddy loves Yoda, so it was all about Yoda. She doesn't know Luke. Oh. He must be doing something wrong. Um, Specifically... Uh, sequel Luke. She does. She doesn't like place him very well. That's one of the characters she doesn't place well. Okay. Huh. I guess he's not green. No. Or blue. Or <laughs> has armor. <laughs> so I can see that. Hard to distinguish. I, and he's not in it very much. Like when we watch Force Awakens, the Force Awakens they talk about Luke, but you don't see him. And so mm -hmm. I don't think she connects the name with the person. Yeah, that makes sense. But we're, we, uh, have the last Jedi now. And so now we're kind of reinforcing who Luke is and yeah, it's good. Cool. It, she does call Kylo Ren, Darth Vader a lot. <laughs> I bet Kylo Ren really likes that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's funny. Yay. How do you feel about Forces of Destiny having male-centric episodes like The Path Ahead? Is it okay? Is it? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the first one, I believe, right? That yeah. just has uh, two guys in it and no female Star Wars characters. What? <laughs> but honestly, I think it's important. And I think it's just as important as having female centric episodes um, that have all the women in the episodes dealing with men or aliens or creatures or animals. Because if you think about it, our life, it's, it's our connections with all types of people that just create the world that we live in. And it's how we ourselves learn and grow. I mean, we go off to school at, or even before that, we go to preschool with four, four-year-old, three-year-old, and you learn how to deal with others. And, you know, it's not, it's not just you in your little bubble. So I think that Forces of Destiny, showing people interacting with all different types of creatures and people, be they male, female, whatever, it's, it's just a valuable lesson in itself. Yeah, I, I liked having Luke and Yoda in A Force of Destiny, and I think that it's good for... Um, a variety just but I don't think that I should necessarily make that decision <laughs> at this point right. in time okay. um, if if people want it to be all women centric or whatever that I'd, I'd be okay with that but I, I think it's good to have a broader scope as you said um, because right. the world is it does have both male and female. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it has others. I mean, um, <laughs> what did you think of the Jin episode? I don't think we talked about that one. Oh, yeah. With the little... Jin's, Jin's trade. Yes. I think it's the Chadra fan. Um, yes. The Chadra fan little boy. Uh, and she says... People were wondering if it's a boy or a girl because the voice sounds very high-pitched. But it is a boy because she goes, clever boy, at one point, which reminded me of Jurassic Park. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. this is also one where, you know, they're trying to show empathy, I believe. Mm -hmm. You know, Jin just realizes that the kid is hungry, much like the Nightwatcher worm. And and so gives him the the piece of fruit. Or is it, is it a Melu run? May, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure Okay, uh, so, but again, when I first saw this episode, I was like, what? The kid just stole her necklace, which is like her most prized possession, and now she's rewarding it by giving him fruit? <laughs> Did you get so, a feeling of Aladdin? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, all she needed to do was roll that piece of fruit down her shoulders. 
<laughs> to really get the Aladdin vibe there. So uh, this one kind of rubbed me the wrong way at first, but I understand that it's trying to teach empathy. And I guess when it was described, uh, written, like the kid is is hungry, but I don't think that was necessarily shown as well within the episode. Okay. What what did you think of it? I totally felt like it was Aladdin, like either um, him at the beginning when he's singing, or um, when when Jasmine is out in the market exploring by herself, and she just gives a piece of fruit to the the child, mm-hmm. and the person's like, "You have to pay for that." <laughs> um, <laughs> but it just it just gave me the feel of Aladdin. I was surprised to see that there was arabesque, I guess, on the necklace itself. Oh, I don't think I noticed that. 1138, um, the website, um, mm-hmm. he said that it says uh, trust in the on one side, and he assumed that it says force on the other. Force on the other, yeah. So it, it must be Lyra's uh, saying that she says to Jin at the beginning of Rogue One. Trust yeah. in the Force. That's pretty cool. I thought that that would be pretty cool. And especially, I'm going to get into this very soon, but um, I think that Jin and Lyra were a little Force sensitive. I think that mm. Jin kind of uses that necklace as a rosary, uh, particularly when they're going through the shield gate on Scarif. She kind mm. of rubs it to for good luck or whatever, as a she says a prayer maybe. Yeah. Um, so I kind of see that necklace being a connection to the force for her. Oh, that's neat. I, I kind of feel that way about Poe a little bit. That he's connected to the force somehow, okay. but doesn't know it. So if you go back to the comics, uh, he, I think his mom did a mission with Luke and they got a, like a force sensitive tree, which they planted in yeah. their home on Yavin. Yeah. So I think somehow this has like connection to how he's such a brilliant pilot and does all these amazing things. That's almost, you know, otherworldly that other characters just can't do. Awesome. How long do you think it'll be before Padme gets a solo adventure or maybe a handmaiden's, uh, (laughs) a handmaiden's tale. That would be cool. I have a question actually. When I just rewatched Unexpected Company, I noticed that uh, Padme had her handmaidens with her. Mm-hmm. Now, weren't the handmaidens only with her when she was the Queen of Naboo? Because hmm. this in, in the timeline, this is after Attack of the Clones. So I was wondering why the handmaidens were there. It's It's cool if they continue on with with a queen after she's done. That's a great but question. I, yeah. That's that's my only, like, why are handmaidens there? If you get to talk to Jennifer, be sure to ask her that. Yeah. Well, now, okay, so the beginning of Attack of the Clones... She does have handmaidens. She does. She has decoys. Yeah. She has the decoys, and one of them gets blown up, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I guess they must follow them they still oh because she's she's you know what she's a senator yeah so she's still involved in politics okay so she does have handmaidens okay, okay. we've answered our question <laughs> <laughs> uh so hmm so what do you mean by solo adventure then well for padme? she's always paired off with ahsoka so far so she hasn't had any specific padme episodes by herself okay uh hmm I, I, I don't know. But well, if if you're talking about handmaidens, then that's not necessarily solo. No, that's but you not... just mean like what? Yeah. yeah so I think you just mean Padme as like the only known character, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen just because you know Padme's a diplomat; she deals with people. If anything, it would be cool to get her talking with. Um, who is it? Well, even maybe her and Obi-Wan some more or Obi-Wan trying to hint, get some, get something out of her <laughs> about Anakin. Really going on with Anakin. Yeah. Oh man. 
Yeah. Are there any other characters you're hoping to see in the second half or the the season, the rest of season two of Forces of Destiny? Ah, okay. So I thought about this. These are like little stories in my head. I think it would be really awesome if we saw Rose with her sister Paige. 100%. So we actually, yeah, we actually see them, you know, interacting on screen together rather than just each of them holding their piece of the piece of their necklace. So that was so perfect in the last Jedi having that, like you didn't even, they never even said who it is or what it uh, is significant to like, they didn't explain it, but you knew exactly what the necklace was when you saw each of them having that necklace. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They didn't have to explain it. It was, it's obvious. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, I would love to see Ray with another encounter with Kylo. Ooh. <laughs> just, just for the heck of it. I and then instead of being interrupted by Luke or Rain or a blaster fire, they need to be interrupted by Porgs. <laughs> <laughs> because Porgs are adorable. Uh huh. I think that would be amazing. What about you? Do you have any other ideas before I go into more? Um, I really wanted I to see uh, the Rose and Paige. I'm okay. taken back by how much Paige hit home with me in The F- Last Jedi. Like, I loved her sequence. And, like, it r- truly felt like a Forces of Destiny moment inside of the movie. Like, when Maz says, the choices we make and the actions we take moments both big and small shape us in the forces of destiny like i felt like that totally encompassed what Paige did with the the dreadnought mm-hmm. um because she just clicked the button but at by clicking the button she released the bombs to destroy right the ship and like what that made it was impact. a small moment but it was a big impact oh yeah yeah it was just so perfectly done um nice i loved it and i think that she's a great character especially having sisters um both in the resistance trying to make an impact i think that that would be pretty cool definitely yeah i i would love to be see speaking of ray we've only ever seen her on in Forces of Destiny, anyway, we've only seen her on Jakku. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to take her, pluck her out of Jakku, and put her on the Millennium Falcon with um, all the the rest of the gang, where we end up in the Last Jedi, and let her and maybe Leia have some interaction, or oh, her and Rose, or yeah, like that would be great. Or Ray and perhaps Poe. And maybe they run into each other. Um, I don't know. Let's have we a... we could see something, a little spark. Oh yeah. <laughs> Perhaps I don't know. I think that would be fun. <laughs> Poe has chemistry with everybody in the galaxy. Exactly. Is what people are saying. Yes, yes. There is a Tumblr about this. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> could you imagine a rig? Um, uh, going through the sacred Jedi text with Leia and trying to learn the lessons of the original prime Jedi or whatever, like mm. that would be so amazing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just there's so many like little plot bunnies we could follow like Maz. I would love to see her with any other character and see what advice she gives. Yeah. Just that, that alone would be worth the price of admission right there. This series could go on forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these are just our little ideas. So yeah, I, it's so much fun. Do you, so does your, does ahead. your daughter like, so what, what is your daughter's favorite one? Um, the, from this series, it's the, um, Finn and Rose, uh, the, okay. with the creatures. Yeah. With, with the, the pink jellyfish. jellyfish. Her favorite okay. from the first season was probably um, Beast of Echo Base with Chewie and Leia and R2. Okay. 
so like <laughs> when Re Leia's running through the door, she's like, "We have to keep it contained." Now, Chewie. Push the button, Chewie. Push the button, Chewie. Adorable. And, and as for the Forces of Destiny adventure figures, which is her favorite? Oh, um, right now it's Yoda because we just got that one. We got Luke and Yoda. Um, oh, dude, Yoda looks so freaking good. Where did you find it? Uh, or did you order it online? I ordered it online. Okay. <laughs> Amazon. Yeah. I'm going to have to resort to that because, like, I can't find him in the stores. I just, I want to pick mine out, you know? Yeah. <sighs> he, the sculpt on Yoda looks so, so good. Like, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And okay. it, he's, you know how Wicked is? He's about the size of Wicked, so um, mm -hmm. it's a good size. Um, Yay. We don't have the Luke in, or the ray and kylo um doll yet and we don't have chewy right but we have most of the other like two packs so okay uh, so like hoth leia mm -hmm. and ray one of the rays and indoor leia we have a lot of ah. leia nice leia is probably my favorite um character so far in force of destiny because they've done so many great episodes with her um I particularly like the the Ewok episodes because it kind yeah. of shows how she uh, makes allies with new friends wherever she goes. I don't know if you have if have ever read the little golden books. Um, there's mm. a page in there where it says a princess uh, makes new friends uh, and allies wherever she goes. She's an ambassador of peace and goodwill. And I Aww. think it just kind of um, walks that out in the way that she treats Wicket and the other Ewoks. So That's so cute. Once again, my life is dominated by little toddler kids. <laughs> 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 okay. Hey, that's, that's not a problem. <laughs> Sarah, I'd really like to thank you for joining me um, to talk about Force of Destiny. Uh, it's been a total pleasure where can people find you? All right. Well, you can find most everything I do at skywalkingthroughneverland.com or on fangirlsgoingrogue.com. And if you want to see um, talk to me directly, I'm on Twitter. I am at Jedi Tink. And I am also on Instagram at Jedi Tink. And you can find me there. And I've like like I've said, or like we mentioned at the top of the show, I post forces of destiny, like doll pictures on my Instagram. In fact, I need to do more. I haven't done that lately, but when I first got them, I was, I was like taking them on vacations and stuff with me. <laughs> so there's some really fun pictures of me on a Disney cruise or them on a Disney cruise, <laughs> them at Christmas in Boston in the snow, them by the space needle. So very cute. I, I have a lot of fun have with you my forces any of destiny. New dolls? I haven't. So I've been eyeing the the Luke one. I really want the Luke one. I really, really want Ahsoka, but she's like, I guess, not coming out till April at least. But luckily, April is like this weekend, so hopefully, I can find her. They keep pushing back her release date. Um, yeah. For a while, I was getting scared that they weren't actually going to come out, but. Luckily, they did confirm that they're they're coming out. Okay. Um, and like, so we don't have, ch yeah. Chewy, <laughs> Chewy looks funny. His face just kind of looks a little funny. <laughs> I did see Chewy in person at Universal City Walk. Yeah. In in at a at a comic book shop. Um, so I have seen him. He's pretty cute, even though his face is a little weird. But Richard likes him because he kind of looks like a Planet of the Apes <laughs> guy. He totally does. <laughs> he totally does. 
Yeah. Dr. Z or whatever. Dr. Zayas? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Yeah, I guess. He's the orangutan. Um, yeah. I. <laughs> it's, he wants him just because of that. And he does make noise, which is pretty stellar. Yes. Yes. And he sounds I do like chewy. that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yay. Well, now it's time to hear from you, the audience. You can email us your thoughts on Force of Destiny at moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast at Moon Jockeys Pod. You can follow me at Balls in Play. Next week, we'll be talking about the music and production of Rogue One with Bobby Roberts from Full of Sith. Um, thank you for listening, and until next time, may the Force be with you, always. The choices we make, the actions we take, moments, both big and small shape us into forces of destiny. Push the button, Chewie.